Today on the post game, we recap the bloodbath that is the ACC. We get into some hot takes around the Big Ten. We talk midseason All-Americans, some snubs, some surprises, some not surprises. We wrap this all up with an awesome interview with our first celebrity guest, Tony Cavallero. Welcome to another episode of The Post Game. What an episode we have for you. We have very famous, our first famous actor that is on The Post Game, Tony Cavallaro. We have a very, actually a great conversation with him. He um, he crushes it, but first things first, Evan, we have a lot to dive into, one topic in particular, but before we dive into that, how was the weekend? I had a great weekend. Uh, you know, watch the Masters. Um it was actually my roommate's birthday, so we, you know, we went to a uh, a bar, watched the Masters, had dinner for his birthday. It was a nice weekend, but it's also someone else's birthday today. So I'm curious what you did this weekend and and how your birthday has been so far. Well, thank you, Evan. I appreciate you acknowledging that it's my birthday. Um, I loved the Photoshop that you gave me. I had a couple <laughs> different uh, responses queued up, but I wasn't drunk enough to really think and know which one was funniest so expect that in a couple hours um but it's been good we were uh we were coaching in hermiston oregon i feel like coaching is taking up most of my weekends these days which i couldn't be happier about and sunday we drove back i was still a little banged up from the night before so we kind of played it low but we're getting ready to make some good little homemade sandwiches and we're going to go get drunk on the quote-unquote beach which is a secret spot down by the river that my sisters know out here uh, with my final Monday in Hood River. So I'm really pumped about it. It's going to be a good time. Going to be good food, good wine, bunch of dogs running around, and um, I'm, uh, I'm pumped about it. So this is kind of like the perfect little, um, you know, last year's birthday was pretty shitty, to be honest. So this is the first little dip your toe into a, uh, into a nice casual nothing can go wrong birthday afternoon it sounds lovely I'm, I'm really happy for you that you're getting such a nice birthday um but yeah happy Thank birthday you. man I'm, I'm glad it's all coming together a bit of an i'm just gonna get right into it a bit of an early birthday present was notre dame's victory against duke so i want all your takes hot mm. and cold hit mm. me with your takeaways from the game and congrats on, First you know, one. Notre Dame is just not a lot of people were talking about them at the beginning of the year. I'll admit that I was a little low on them, and they certainly have answered the bell. So congrats again on not only at it being your birthday, but also Notre Dame's success. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I, I truly couldn't believe my eyes that, one, people forget. People honestly forget that just because, like, you know, Duke has a couple victories, that they, they were pretending like it was Thanos. It was not the greatest Duke team that's ever walked the face of the earth, all right? They had some flaws exploited, and the ACC's a gauntlet. And people, people being genuinely surprised by Notre Dame having a decisive victory, how fucking stupid can one person be? The, the big takeaway and the hot take for me is that I now think Notre Dame is the number one team in the country and the current team to beat, not only because of the Duke win, but because we went at like 30% facing off and we still kicked the shit out of them. This team is an absolute wagon. The defense has never looked better and the offense has never looked better. 
We took away the face-off, and it was still an unbelievable performance on all sides. After re-watching the game, the only thing is that Duke had a couple opportunities to finish it, and they couldn't really you know, put it away. And I thought that the game was maybe like one or two goals closer. But Notre Dame, as far as I'm concerned, is the team to beat. They really, like, the, the big thing that I was relying on was that they need they have a good goalie and a good faceoff. Now I'm saying, fuck you. If you Show me the flaw in Notre Dame and the other five categories. Oh, we're bad at facing off. Well, then we'll put up 13 on Duke and we'll hold them to, you know, seven. All right? So if you thought I was a cocky asshole before, I'm so fired up about this. I'm not even articulating, and this is like a super shitty rant right now, but I don't even care because <laughs> this is the most fired up I've been about a lacrosse team since the legendary 2015 team. Um, and for our ability to shut down Sowers, um, for all our ability to just kick the shit out of the perennial number one, mm, it just is so exciting. I don't even have a hot take about it other than I'm just going to be an asshole until we lose. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's all warranted. I, I couldn't imagine how obnoxious I would have been if, if Syracuse pulled off the, the win against Duke at Duke. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, congratulations. I think one thing that stuck out to me was Sowers not really taking like dominating his matchup. I guess Kilty won that matchup in my opinion, I think in everybody's opinion. Um, one thing that like, not change the game. I think it probably would have been the same result, but Duke was like kind of going on a mini run and Sowers got wrongfully called for diving in the crease. Uh, I'm probably, I think that would have been his only goal and that, that might've gotten him going, but that was really like the end of the game. In my opinion was when he got called for that. It was just all Notre Dame from there, but yeah, credit to Notre Dame. I mean, the ACC is a bloodbath. After, I mean, after this weekend, UVA beat uh, UNC too. So I guess we can, we can <laughs> yeah. get into that game, but I did call that on the previous pod that UVA was going to win. Yes, you did. And first off, again, to double down on being assholes, if you thought I was a dick about Notre Dame, get ready for Evan and I to circle jerk the ACC to, to Mars after this past weekend. Also, the, the other point that I'll make about Notre Dame is, like, Cav is one of those players that he only had one goal. And first off, that was, like, the most ridiculous goal. I mean, it was unbelievable. I'm not going to say it's the most ridiculous goal because I feel like, you know – Vermont's gonna Vermont's gonna score like tomorrow and it's gonna be a better goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but the fact that he was held to one goal and our offense still was looking dialed, like if you take one thing away, the other one pops up. It honestly kind of reminds me of like the whip snakes, not to give them too much credit because we already sucked their dick enough. But oh, so you took away Notre Dame's face off, the offense and specifically the midfielders stepped up, and the biggest thing that I noticed was Notre Dame has the best short stick D middies in the country, and I don't see a close second. Our ability, like, we had short stick D middies guarding O'Neal. We had them guarding Sowers. We had them guarding Montgomery. We had them guarding everybody. I didn't see too many instances in which we got straight up fucking toasted. And even if we did, like, the, the team defense ability to recover was was phenomenal. So I think the short stick D middies are going to be sneaky. Obviously, I'm biased. You know, wow, the short stick D middies is really harping on that. Yeah. <laughs> but the short stick D middies are going to be the horse that we take to the national championship. And until I'm proven wrong, the only bad clip I've seen is Doc's Aiken, you know, ending, <laughs> ending that kid's <laughs> career. But other than that, I'm fucking flying sky high on the Notre Dame defense, of course, but also our ability to score from not just Pat Kavanaugh, but the entire offense as a whole. 
Syracuse is so it's a bye weekend. Not even on our radar. We just have to get through Duke and UNC again, and then we have a bye weekend and we're in the playoffs. Do we play again, Notre Dame Syracuse? Yeah, we play on May first. Oh my god! For another open bar. Wow, so many open bars this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to think about the the ACC. I, like, it's I, every team's going to make it, right? I mean, Syracuse is probably on the outside looking in right now uh, out of anybody, but um, you got to think that they're out of conference, and then they'll get they'll get another conference win, and they beat UVA by ten goals. So, I mean. Credit us for calling that the ACC is the most dominant conference at the beginning of the season, and it just <laughs> continues to be true. No one's better than anyone. Um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree. If, if there's one ACC team that's snubbed, it's a travesty to all. So. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Syracuse. We could briefly touch on them, but I think that, you know, that game was as expected. I honestly kind of wish that they beat the shit out of Albany a little bit more, and I'm sure they did too. Um the defense looked good. I don't think Albany is that strong an offensive team, but I'll give the defense credit. I, I mean, it all is going to come down to this upcoming weekend when they play UNC. That is like, that's pretty much their season, in my opinion. Uh, there, if is it a make or break? If they lose that, are they in serious jeopardy? It's just Even tough. By I think Virginia with ten. I think they'll make the playoffs. Like, don't get me wrong, but I mean, especially this year, whoever you're playing in the quarters is like that's going to be a really fucking tough game. So. Uh, you know, they got to set themselves up for success in the regular season. So I think that that's a huge game. And UNC is also on a two-game skid in the ACC. Like, it's two teams that are pretty desperate for a win. So expect that to be I, – I think every week we out the ACC outdoes the previous week's game as game of the year. So just expect UNC and Q's to be the game of the year uh, this upcoming weekend. Yeah. And I, I am firmly on the anti-UNC train, um, as we previously discussed until Commodore <laughs> Perry comes on. But I absolutely will be rooting for Syracuse. If there's a team left out, it's a tragedy to all the ACC. But if UNC's left out, mm, mm, I just there's think no that way. would be such a tasty treat. First off, there's no way. But if there is, <laughs> I would love to see them being the ones left out. Syracuse kicks a shit out of UVA by 10. UVA, in turn, goes and takes it to UNC. And again, I hate to credit you, but I mean, you, you pretty much called it. Um, even though Commodore Perry, who's a friend of the show, by the way, went four and two, um, had a hell of a showing. Um, Matt Moore, two and six. I don't know. I, I, it's, there's only so many hot takes you can have when the, when the ACC carousel of defeat is, is in full swing. Um, did you see anything noticeable about that? Any flaws in UNC that you think Syracuse, anything that you're going to get confident uh, going into the UNC game about? Uh, the over. <laughs> <laughs> it could be 40, and I think like it probably will hit. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's, it's just going to be a high-scoring game. I expect it to be super exciting. Um, two high-powered offenses with a lot of people on the uh, All-American list, which we'll get into a, a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, definitely excited for that one. And does Duke play Notre Dame again this weekend? Is it back to back? No, we have a bye weekend this weekend. Oh, okay. Um, but we played Duke after. Shout out Terry Foy for letting me know. Because I was like, I was being an asshole about how the entire ACC is just bye weekends for the rest of Notre Dame's season. <laughs> um, and he was like, they actually have a bye weekend next year. And I was like, yeah, sick, whatever. Like, my feelings don't care about your quote-unquote facts, Terry. <laughs> um, so, 
Yeah, Notre Dame's off on a bye weekend, and then we get Duke again. And I don't Got know it. who Duke has this weekend, but watch out. You know, we get a week's <laughs> worth of rest, and we're going to come back and kick their teeth in again. Um, even though there are some Duke students right now, Duke uh, guys of the team that are friends of the program, I can't miss the opportunity to be an asshole. And there's no way that it comes back and bites me in the ass come playoff season. That just, <laughs> that's historically never happened won't happen, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to stop talking right there before I jinx myself to the moon. Yeah, let's, uh, at this rate, the entire ACC is not going to make the playoffs because we're being such assholes, but let's uh, let's move on to the Big Ten, our favorite conference. Um, oh, God. Your, alert. your favorite team in the country, Hopkins, dropped to 2-6. and six. Um, No surprises there. They have Maryland and Rutgers coming up, so... I mean, we talked about it last week. I, I think it's safe to say they're going to go two and eight. Uh, we don't really have to harp on it too much, but I I think this is the worst season in, in Hopkins history, or one of them. Has to be. If not, it's going to go back like those classic record books. It's going to go back further than like when Notre Dame football students brag about uh, you know the last time <laughs> Notre Dame won a championship. It's like they haven't been this bad since like 1956. So. <laughs> I don't know how in in a year that you got transfers, you got five stars, you got all this and that. It's almost an impressive run that they're managing to do this poorly with such a stacked roster. And I haven't watched them enough to know if it's coaching, if it's offense, if it's defense, if it's this, if it's that. But the fact that they haven't figured it out is going to lie solely on uh, on the head coach's shoulders. Do you think he gets canned by the end of the year? No, I mean, I think like any job like this, they're, he did a great job in Cornell too. And I know he had a little fun with that whole situation last week on social media, but I think they're going to give him a chance. And he also, I mean, he brought together a pretty exciting staff, like juniors there. I think you got to give somebody some time to, you know, recruit, build their own program. I mean, they they were under Petro for forever. So if you're going to hire a new guy, you got to give him more than a year. Uh, definitely not the start they wanted, but... Who's to, like? I think anybody coaching this team might have had uh, some trouble, but I think it's the way you handle the you know the tough season is is what's going to be a reflection of you as a coach. But I think they do need to give him at least a few years uh, to bring in some of his own recruiting classes and things like that. I agree. There's always just the rumblings of when you have a bad season, you better watch out the hot yeah. seats being initiated. So <laughs> watch out. Let's move um, on to the but, uh, the golden goose of the Big Ten. Probably the only thing to talk about is Maryland, who. Started off very slow against Michigan, but then ended up beating the shit out of them. Uh, similar to how they beat everybody so far. So, what is I, I? We talked about this briefly. Like, what our takes were on Maryland? Are you? I know you think Notre Dame is number number one team in the country, but is Maryland? A, can we now say that they're a synthetic ACC team, or are you not giving them credit? I'll give them credit of being a synthetic ACC team. I will not give them credit on saying that they would have uh, any decisive victories. You know, I think they're the type of team that can maybe squeak by an ACC and then they'll get their teeth kicked in the very next weekend. <laughs> you can't start 0-5 against Michigan and expect for us to give you the, the credit that you would be dominant in the ACC because you go 0-5 against Michigan, that's your down 10 nothing against an ACC team and that is too big of a hill to climb back up. Um in the same vein, like, it is the same exact conversation where I wish, you know, and I know I'm the only person that wish this, but I wish it wasn't just the Big Ten and the ACC Conference tournaments because 
we know nothing about the Big Ten other than that Maryland is good, Rutgers is kind of okay, Ohio State doesn't suck, and the rest are kind of trash. Like, it's impossible to compare Maryland to a synthetic ACC team, but at the <laughs> same time, I would say that they would be number four or five. Um, and then they would lose in the uh, if in the must-win game, like Syracuse as UNC this weekend. If there's a must-win game, I don't see Maryland winning that, even though um, even though Jared Bernhardt's an absolute freak. Um, they, I just don't see them, unless you're kicking the shit out of everybody in the Big Ten, I don't see them being able to stack up consistently against ACCs. Yeah, it's it's just a weird it's a weird fucking year. And I feel like like they definitely have players. They have good players, like guys that have been there forever. We know that they're good. Uh they certainly have a good team. I think like probably they might get like a little like culture shock playing out of conference in the playoffs if that's gonna be their first taste of out of conference. Like if they play you know, a scrappy American East team or even like an ACC team in the in the quarterfinals, it, it could get pretty dicey for them. But I will give them credit as, you know, I think they're a top three team in the country right now. Um, but it, there's just a lot of unknowns. No, I totally agree. And the, the interesting part, too, is that that could go both ways. Is if Notre Dame has been, you know, beating up a bunch of ACC teams and then they run into a Vermont and they're like, what the fuck is going on with these guys? Um, <laughs> those were always sneaky, some of the toughest games where I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready for this monster big midfielder to dodge me. And then you play the next weekend and you're like, oh shit, like that guy just went like around the world behind the back. And even though <laughs> I could, you know, beat the shit out of him, he just put up three on us in the first quarter. And now we have to get our shit together and completely change. So. This is the most excited I've been about college lacrosse playoffs. Uh, not just because, you know, obviously everything that's been going on and we're actually excited to be watching lacrosse, but because these matchups are going to be two completely, completely different matchups from any team that, you know, the op- like the opposition has seen. If Notre Dame matches up with an America East, if Maryland matches up with an ACC, it's going to be a completely different wagon, and that's when the upset and that's when the magic happens. Could never happen to Notre Dame, but it could happen to other players or other teams. <laughs> I I have a I like I, I'm seeing Lehigh upsetting someone in the quarterfinals. That uh, maybe even UVA. UVA gets in. Yeah. If they play Lehigh in the quarterfinals. I like Lehigh's a Lehigh's good. I'll, yeah, I'll say it'll it. be shades of Bryant Syracuse. Yeah. It'll be a hell of a game. Yeah. One thing that I think would be awesome and would end all these arguments would be similar to they do like the uh, conference and conference games for like college basketball when like the Big Ten plays the ACC in basketball. That would be mm-hmm. awesome for lacrosse. Like a big weekend somewhere, like a destination maybe for uh, a few conference or at a conference games where they do like a crossover between the ACC and the Big Ten. I mean, we need it at this point. If any year was going to be evidence of that, have all these guys down at IMG Academy and have the ACC and the Big Ten beat the shit out of each other to kick off the year. Talk about an exclamation point to start. Yep, and and holy shit, would that be the biggest ammunition for either team that won um, and whoever performed well in the conference. And honestly, like if reflecting back, if that was a thing – like I would take that game as seriously as a, as an in conference game. Totally. Like if we're getting ready to play Rutgers and it's ACC Big Ten, I'm, you know, we would absolutely have kind of the underlying like, listen, we got to win this so that we can show that we're like the dominant fucking conference in lacrosse and nobody's gonna fuck with the ACC. 
And it's funny because I said it on last weekend uh, or last week's episode, but that's exactly what I hate the SEC for in football. But now that it's <laughs> mine and it's the ACC lacrosse, then I get to run with it and I get to do it, even though I played for two years in the Big East. So those days are so far behind me, I'm not even considering them. But speaking of shitty Big Ten lacrosse, what the hell is Penn State doing? Rutgers put a schlacking on them 22-10. to 10. Um I'm getting worried about Penn State. If you have Mac O'Keefe and you're still just getting your dick kicked in every single week, um, I don't even know what the locker room is like. I don't know many, you know, I don't have too many friends. But what I can say is that this is not good. I can confidently (laughs) say Penn State is not a good team. Phenomenal analysis. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's that's why I get paid the bid bucks. (laughs) I think it's just like a change in the guard kind of thing in the conference. Um, like the Big Ten to me, it's always like three teams that are contenders. And if you want to call them that. And this year it's Maryland, Ohio State, and Rutgers are the three good teams. And then everybody else is, you know, not really a factor. Um, so I think Penn State, you know, they've, they've been a contender the past few years. They had a loaded offense and they're kind of in like a rebuild mode, I guess. They, the departures have been too much um i think it's definitely disappointing i don't i can't remember what they were to come into the year but i mean it is what it is Rutgers is Rutgers has officially replaced them in that contender conversation yep and speaking of just you know random shit i know we say it all the time but jules and grant amen are just they're <laughs> robots like you you could seriously type like an, an ai with one line of code like Jules on Twitter. If Rutgers equals win, then tweet and be sure to mention Venmo at Grant Amen and then hit send. And I'm like, granted, that's exactly what I do all the time, but I don't bring it to Twitter. And if I bring a bet to Twitter, I you better believe I try to at least make it creative or funny. But just throwing like $100 on a game and then making a big stink about it on Twitter, I think is just like the most boring, stereotypical move ever. I would love to see a little bit more creativity in the wagers that are being placed, both from us. You know, I think an open bar is creative enough, but we're going to have to come up with something new, but especially from the people that just bet $100 back and forth to each other all season. It's, it's already like a worn-out bid. Yeah, dude. You just put a lot of pressure on us now to come up with something clever for our next bet, though. We will. Yeah. We will. I'll come up after 15 more glasses of wine tonight. <laughs> Alrighty, I think that about we did a little bit of a preview and recap type thing as we went through that, so I think we're all covered off. We at least touched on the upcoming ACC game, so we know that that's all yeah. anybody cares about. Um, let's move into the midseason All Americans, which came out from Inside Lacrosse last week. Also, credit to Inside Lacrosse for taking this on. Uh, it pretty much is just like a guarantee that you're going to get a ton of angry people tweeting at you uh about people you left <laughs> yes, off yes it's lit- there should just be like a what about team uh and whoever gets tweeted about the most gets put on that we should start tracking that um mm. but any big snubs for you i know there's no uh notre dame guys on the first team which is your number one team so i'm curious uh what what was your biggest snub no, I mean, first off, we're too humble to really want to be the first-team All-Americans halfway through the year. We're more focused about around wins, which is total horseshit. Anybody that tries to push that narrative, I always get bothered by. Um, always good to clutch yourself up. The thing that really stuck out to me was um, Jack Kielty being third team. That is easily a first-slash-second team. 
for him to drop down to third team, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, and then really like I'm, I'm the piece of shit that's like who was snubbed. I don't really know, but I just look at the teams and I'm like, that person shouldn't be that high. So I'm almost like <laughs> the opposite of team. What about I'm like team, like be a prick about who got voted into first. So I'll let you be the team. What about, and then I'll talk about who shouldn't be as high as they are. Yeah, I think my biggest I don't even uh I mean, I think the biggest surprise to me is no Brennan. <laughs> like Brennan's not yeah, on these lists. I that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say too. Yeah, I mean, like there's a lot of guys on here that I can get into, but I'd have to say that's probably the the biggest shock to me and I see like Schellenberger on there. Like is he going to be freshman of the year in the ACC? Is that like the take because I've have him at like probably fourth deserving of the award, but maybe he won't be considered a freshman. Um but I think he is considered a freshman, and, and that sticks out to me that you're pretty much saying that he's the best uh, freshman in the ACC by having him on the second team. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I very much agree. I also um, – it, it just – this is a very interesting year because there are some guys that like – you know, Jake Carraway's a stud. Um, you know, Logan – I don't even try to pronounce his name. Like, was Nauskas. Wisnowskis. Yeah. He's a stud. Rafus is a stud. Uh, you know, I think Tierney should be a little bit higher. And Asher Nolting is a fucking freak. Like, I think he needs to be bumped into the first, second, third team. Um, but to, to briefly touch on, like, if you just strictly look at the stats that Michael Sowers has put up against good teams, I think you kick him down to second or third. Um, and to in that same vein, like... I think JT Giles-Harris is the best cover guy in the country. I think he's a little sus off ball. And I'd like to see Nick Grill replace JT on the first team. Um, but I just think like those are, those are the only things that surprise me is Sowers and JT are really, um, you know, really carried by their names and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Michael Sowers is a first team after some of his big performances and big games when a Pat Kavanaugh has been absolutely, you know, crushing it. Ryan Tierney's been crushing it. Rafus has been crushing it. Nolting. I think Nolting is deserving a first or second team. Um, and then the interesting part, too, is like seeing Gallagher at second team. You know, he went, you know, they, they had a bad showing yeah. against Duke. Um, how much, like, how bad does one game affect your, you know, your All-American ranking? First off, it's in the middle of the season. Who really cares? But second off, like, if I'm applying that same logic, you know, I, I think Kyle Gallagher should just be third team. Um, and I think you should get Nassau up there because he had the better thing. I don't know if it was done before or after, but yeah, was it was just done. It was done right before like the, it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like the head to head matchups. I'm always like, <laughs> right. oh, like that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like guilty like, shutdown sours. So, right. Right. You know, yeah. You tell me. I think this will change a ton. A um, couple quick hitters. Tyler Carpenter, the uh, LSM on Duke, I think is incredible. I'm not saying that he should. I mean, McNulty is pretty good, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say he's better than any of the guys, but I do, I'm do. i glad he's getting his recognition. Um, I find it incredibly strange that Drake Porter is not on these li- this list. 
Like, I feel like yes. he was getting the biggest, like, he's getting stroked off by the media, like, every weekend, and he's not even on this list now. <laughs> uh, so that's, like, surprising me. I think every other, oh, no, uh, Rhodes not on here either, but three ACC goalies are on here, and he's not. Um, I mean, to me, like, I feel like an ACC goalie outdoes one another, like, every weekend, so just roll the dice on who you want to put on first team, but... It's a pretty big uh, disparity from first team, and then the other two guys are an honorable mention with uh, Adler rounding out the first team. So that was pretty interesting to me. I also think that I need to mention in an alternate universe, the third team would probably be Syracuse's starting attack since Logan and Steven were there at the same time. And if Ryan Tierney's dad wasn't the coach of Hostra, he probably would end up at Syracuse. He's just got Syracuse vibes. So I'm, I'm going with that theory that... If he was not the coach, he would be at Syracuse. And if Logan stayed at Syracuse, that could be the attack. So alternate universe attack line all on the third team. All right, I just don't doubt for most of that when you're talking about <laughs> hypothetical Syracuse attack lines. But, uh, you know, I appreciate the insight. All lefties, too. <laughs> Jesus. Um, no, I, I just to echo your point, I couldn't agree more about, uh, about Drake Porter. And I also love, like – just being such a judgmental asshole where, you know, I look at the honorable mentions and I just see like Will Mark of LIU. And I'm like, you're telling me he's better than Drake Porter. Yeah. When I've literally never watched Will Mark play. I just am <laughs> a judgmental ACC biased asshole. Leads the country in save so, percentage. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, who is this guy? Why, you know, come on. You're telling me he's better than Drake. Um, so that's just, that's just a stupid thing. I, my idiot brain works like that. And I love to, uh, I love to recognize it. Um, but, no, I mean, again, it's midway through. They put together the first, you know, one, two, three in honorable mentions. And then everybody just gets pissed off and shits on everybody about it. And that's one of my favorite things to do. I always just look for Notre Dame and then get pissed off accordingly. So, you know, time is a flat circle. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be mid-season All-Americans if there if we weren't disappointed about the entire list. So I'm glad we just completely ripped that apart. Um, Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's just do one quick clout police bit before we jump into our interview with Tony. Um, do you have any get out of jail free cards? Or are you throwing to any uh, anybody to life in prison? So I I guess my one get out of jail free card would be Matt Russell, who. He got a ton of clout this week because that uh, clip circulated about him getting his shoulder pop back in the national championship against Syracuse. I actually Tony talks about that on the on, in the interview, which is awesome. Um, so that actually comes up before that clip circulated. But I did want to give Matt Russell the uh, get out of jail free card because that clip is is pretty epic. Just getting your shoulder pop back in and then going back in and finishing the game. Not a lot of guys could do that, so I'll give him a get out of jail free card. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, I'll give a friend of the program, Nick Osello, a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's his birthday. <laughs> He's pretty heavily buzzed on wine. He's not reposting anything on Instagram. And as far as life in prison, um, I'm still not over it, and we might have put him in jail on a, on a previous episode, but Max Adler getting traded to the chaos or picked up by the chaos and making like a 57-part Instagram story. Um, was so egregious. So, you know, not to kick a man while he's down, but just for me to not post anything to my Instagram story um, and for Max to post 50 things. Um, I mean, I think it's just a contrast in character. And, you know, I'm just a high character, you know, humble, classy guy. And Max is just out there for the clout. Um, I'm not sure he's ever worked out without a camera. 
Um, so that, that's really the, uh, the, the clout police for me. Yeah, I don't really have anyone to throw in jail this week. Um, I'm trying to think on the fly, but I, but I can't really. Um, sticking to the theme of social media, though, I followed your girlfriend on, on Instagram and saw her lovely post of you. So um, just want to... nice. We got good momentum going. So thank yeah. you. I follow your girlfriend, too. We're like, we're like friends that haven't met, but even yeah. more now. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you for the Photoshop, too. I know I mentioned that, but that was very well done. And we're just so famous in show business. Yeah. Showbiz, baby. (laughs) Beauty, well, that about wraps it up. I have some wine to drink. I have some sandwiches to eat. And I have some rivers to swim in. Um, We will see you next week. Evan, any words of wisdom before we kick it over to the interview with Tony? Nope. You guys enjoy the interview. It's awesome. Beauty. This interview is brought to you by Sideline Swap. The post game is teaming up with Sideline Swap to bring you charity auctions. We have some of our previous guests, some pros who want to get involved. Nick and myself have been selling gear. All proceeds go to the charity of the athlete's choice. Uh, I know we owe you guys some Redwoods gear to go up. Uh, Worked out some kinks with the auction last week, so that stuff will be officially going up this week. Uh, Apologies for the delay there. Also, just be able to check out Sideline Swap for all your gear buying and selling needs. Whether you're trying to get some cash in your pocket quick coming out of college, I know I used it a ton uh, coming out of college at first. It's a great way to, you know, make some money fast. Um, also, any gear needs from a buying perspective, Sideline Swap is great. They have golf gear, skiing gear. Are you playing hockey in the off season? Do you need some new lacrosse stuff? Do you want some lacrosse memorabilia? Whatever may, you may be in market for, Sideline Swap probably has you covered. Uh, so be sure to check out Sideline Swap for charity auctions and just checking out all the cool gear they have. Now let's kick it over to Tony Caballero. So the post game would like to welcome our first, you know, I'm going to say it, our first big time celebrity guest. You know, it takes a lot to break out of the lacrosse community and become a celebrity, but you might know him as Dewey Finn from School of Rock. You might know him as Keith from Righteous Gems, Gemstones. Uh, he played Ozzy Osbourne in The Dirt, a movie about the wild times of Montley Crew, and most notably, perhaps, a former VMI lacrosse legend, Welcome to the post game, Tony Cavallaro. How you doing, Tony? Thank you for joining us. I'm doing great, Nick and Evan. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm just really fired up. So uh, <laughs> we're going to kick things right off. Um, we, we were getting to know each other a little bit more. Um, where are you located right now? And uh, are you doing like our janky podcast in between film and sets, in between film and scenes? I know next to nothing about the, uh, you know, the, the film industry and the, you know, the whole industry as a whole. So uh, if you could give us a little background on where you are and kind of what your daily schedule is and how you fit this in. Yeah. So I'm in Charleston right now, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, where we shoot the righteous gemstones. So we just kicked off, started shooting season two. um, And I literally just came from Adam Devine's house where we did an ab ripper X workout. And uh, before that we did, um, 50 dumbbell snatches, 50 thrusters, and 50 dumbbell burpees. You should start, you should start posting that and you'll get a spot on a PLL team easily. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure your shirt's off and you'll get right on a PLL roster. Oh shit, dude. I mean, I did try out for the Riptide in 2008. Did you really? Did you really? I really did. Yeah. <laughs> How did that go? Were you uh, were you holding your own, oh. or just getting your dick kicked in? I was a very uh, active 
uh, functioning alcoholic at the time. And mm-hmm. so I, well, I'm still an alcoholic, but I was pretty actively drinking at the time. And, um, the night before I had promised myself I wasn't going to drink. And I, that went as you would think it would go. Mm-hmm. And I cooked some chicken with three-year-old teriyaki sauce. <laughs> and, uh, dude, I must have vomited 25 times the night before the tryout. Now, I'm not making excuses, but I'm just going to go ahead and make an excuse and say, yeah, the tryout didn't go great. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, it didn't go great. I think I left like an hour in. Um, it didn't go great. Okay. But, did um, you uh, yeah. did, did you get to know any of the guys on the team? Like, or was it just, it was such a poor performance that you just tucked your tails in between your leg and like ran out of town? Yeah, pretty much. I was out, dude. I mean, because I was a face-off guy, and even just squatting down to face off, I think I, I might have like shit my pants a little bit on a squat <laughs> to get down. You know, like as soon as I revved the motorcycle yeah. to clamp on the ball, it was just like, you know, instead of the exhaust going out the back, it was just a little poop. You know, <laughs> a little food, food poisoning poop. Any any notable guys who are on that field? Like any any big time players or? I don't think, I mean, it was a, it was an open tryout. I mean, and it was, well, I do remember. So it was Jesse Hubbard that got me the tryout. He got me on the list. I had worked for Jesse um, for like four summers leading up to um, before I moved to LA and he was playing for the Riptide at that time. So I was like, it'd be so fun just to get to fuck around (laughs) and, uh, and play together, but totally blew that shit. (laughs) Oh, no, wow. Jesse Hubbard's a legend. That's a funny little connection. Um, how did you know him? So one of my good buddies, um, who I went to high school with David Cavucci, he was one of our goalies in high school. And, um, I feel like his dad was best friends with Jesse's dad. And Classic. so they knew each other. And so I worked for his lacrosse camps and we're still good buds. He owns a really cool like hydration company called Motive Pure. Yeah, that's and, a um, huge, they sponsor a bunch of lacrosse yeah. guys and they send in a bunch of stuff out. So I'm very familiar with the product. And, you know, I think one of the themes is like, you know, when, when you say you were drinking and shitting your pants, I still feel like I'm, you know, <laughs> a little bit right in that you know, wheelhouse. <laughs> um, but no, that's uh motive pure has saved me from many Sunday morning, uh, like airport pukes the night before. Oh yeah. So I'm a big fan go. of that, uh, of his product. You gotta get um, them as a but, sponsor. That's like a dude. perfect synergy sponsor. Yeah. They send me, he sent me a whole bunch of stuff, which is great. So like in my morning, when I do like my pre-workout, I do like my, I do my BCAAs. I do my glutamine. I do some pre-workout and then I do two squirts of motive pure to stay drained. So are you a big, you're a big workout guy. I know you just said you worked every out day at this whole routine. Yeah. Nice. Every what do you, day. what do you get into? Give us, give us some exercises. I know you went through a couple, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm pretty, um, I, I like to do circuit training with dumbbells pretty much. And then I split that like, um, we have a Peloton. So like, I'll split that. I'll do like 20 minutes on the Peloton some days, or I'll do like a 20 minute run, you know, some, I've been going a little bit more distance, but mainly I do like, um, 
I'm trying to think what we did yesterday. There's this guy that I follow. There's a few guys that I follow that do great like dumbbell circuits on Instagram. And I just have a ton of them saved yeah. and I'll just go through the list. And is and, that uh, more like, is that more for like roles or is that just something that you're into like staying in shape? I, th- I mean, mainly it's because I was a fat kid, you know, <laughs> and then we did high school sports and it just gets ingrained. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and then you go to VMI and it's like, you have to have a, you're doing a physical fitness test. I think mainly it's just the fat kid mentality more than anything. Honestly, I'm just so afraid to be a fat kid again. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm preparing for the role of uh, (laughs) kind of a fat guy right now. Um, I don't know when that role is going to happen or what it's going to be, but if anyone needs a guy with a barrel, you know, I'm, I'm really ramping up for that. Um, But you mentioned high school. Sorry, go ahead. I said to fucking put you on the crease, dude. Give you an attack stick. Fucking crease attackman, bro. The, the you need Chris hands Lute for that. Special. <laughs> um, no, you mentioned high school sports, and I feel like this is a great, uh, you know, dick measuring opportunity. So you uh, you lettered in wrestling, football, and lacrosse. First off, sick brag. Um, yes, we did our research. What sport were you, uh, were you, would you say you're best at? Was it clearly lacrosse? We saw a phenomenal picture of you with some awkward hand placement, um, in the, in the football days. Uh, were you a stud wrestler? Sounds like you're into fitness. So if you could power rank those, that'd be great. So I I definitely say I was worse, the, the worst at football. Um, I mean, I was fine. You know, I started, I was a captain my senior year. Sick brag. My brother. You were better than Nick, yeah. but you weren't great. I mean, I was, you know, I'm 5'8", fucking 180. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I was the middle linebacker. So it was like, well, I'm not going to be <laughs> taking these fucking truck running backs down. You know what I mean? I'd be like, I'll plug the hole as best I can. But, you know, this plug's not that big, man. I think we need, you know. <laughs> Need a bigger plug, guys, you know? <laughs> so f- football was fine. Um, I just, like, my brother was a really good football player, and he was my size, too. Like, he was 5'8", 185, and started both ways and was, like, all region and ended up playing, you know, some D3 ball. And so, but football was always just, like, I, I don't know. It was, like, we, we play football. That's what happens. My brother played football. I'm going to play football. And following his tracks, you know, but, um, you know, and then wrestling, like, I'll never forget it. So I started wrestling my sophomore year because my, remember my freshman year, my brother was like, okay, we do football and we do lacrosse. And then we just fill in that winter gap with winter track and we don't do shit. We throw a shot put for Mm -hmm. a letter for like a free letter. (laughs) And so I did that my freshman year, but like, I, like I said, I was a fat kid. I weighed 210 my freshman year in high school. Fucking right. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was the center and then we did winter track and then, um, and then I played lacrosse and I was like, I was just that little pork, pork lacrosse player, but it was really cool. Cause freshman year in high school, my brother was a senior. So I was able to play on varsity my freshman year with my brother. You had him put in a good word really with coach. Like, Hey, throw my little brother a bone and get him up here. <laughs> I think so, dude. I oh. think I think there probably was some shit going on behind the scenes, but it was pretty great, dude. It was it was a, a super fun time. But then my sophomore year came around, and I had a couple football buddies that were wrestlers, and they were like, "Dude, you're gonna lose all that weight. Trust us." And 
I went out for wrestling, man. And that was like a complete surprise. I like just naturally fit into that. And I went from 210. I wrestled 171 all through high school. Jeez. Ended up, um, ended up placing, you know, being all state my senior year, placing no fourth shit. in the state. Yeah, dude, it was kind of crazy. And that was like, I always love telling my wife this story, like going to the state tournament. And I only made state tournament my senior year, but like, I didn't expect to win a single match when I went to state. I mean, I'll never forget Wayans. I went to Wayans and these guys from Virginia Beach, they like go to the number one wrestling high school in the country. Like all these guys from like yeah. Southern Virginia, like wrestling is their life. It's, it's and we're at Wayans. Crazy state Dude. for wrestling. Insane. And these guys show up to Wayans in fucking thongs, dude. <laughs> thongs. And like, they're so roided out and they're weighing in. And I'm just like this kind of like, I don't have any, like, I don't have a single pack, <laughs> like nothing. And I I'm just, just got like, skinny. Oh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to get devoured. And I think, and we can continue to talk about this as a through line through the podcast. I just like, was like, I'm at the state tournament. This is just going to be fun. And I think because I was just there having fun that, and I didn't like put all this pressure on my stuff that like, I ended up taking fourth in the state because I was just mm -hmm. like, Oh, cool, man. I just had like a smile and I'd like be like, Hey man, let's have a good match. <laughs> you know? And I bet like the, um, the wrestling hardos and we've had a couple of them on, uh, on this podcast and Max Adler, who's, uh, you know, maybe the biggest hardo face off guy he wrestled in high school. Um, but, I got to say, like, you have such a, like, weird, almost weird outlook, contrarian to, like, the wrestling hardo where you're just there to have fun. You had to fucking rattle these guys to the core. Like, when I would be getting ready to take a face-off against Max, I'd be like, all right, you know, like, I'm going to kick your ass, and then he would smoke me. If I was looking across, getting ready to fight a guy, and he was, like, smiling, just enjoying the moment, yeah. I'd be on my heels. I'm like, does this guy have, like, a knife in his sock? What the fuck's going on? Yeah, what the fuck, dude? I remember <laughs> – dude, you just reminded me. So we played um, – my two best friends at VMI played at Oakton, which is, like, a powerhouse in Northern Virginia. Um, I think they won two state championships, I think. Um, but Terry Kiminer played there. If you remember him he was a pro for a little while um but they had a guy who was like a d3 legend who was like super christian and i'll never forget it right before we faced off he was like hey man god bless you have a great oh, game or geez. something like that and i was like oh fuck, <laughs> dude he just he just fucking threw a, a, a bomb in my brain man <laughs> didn't win a face off <laughs> I think I fucking got toasted the entire game. Yeah, now you have the Catholic um, guilt in your back, you know, in the back of your mind as you're lining oh God, up. Like, back like of my mind, bad. man. So uh, this is a very long story short. Um, I mean, this is a very uh, long story for what should have been a shorter answer. But, I mean, I think lacrosse and wrestling are kind of neck and neck because the wrestling coach at VMI tried to get me to wrestle there at one point. And I was just like, dude, I, one of my roommates was a wrestler in college and I was like, college wrestling is a whole yeah. other thing, man. And you're already at VMI where it's just like already bananas. I stupid, like the whole college wrestling. It, you couldn't pay me to go do college wrestling. So Notre Dame only had a club team, but I was, uh, I was the assistant coach humble brag at the air force Academy, like the air force Academy wrestling team 
if there was ever a group of like five, seven dudes that I want on my side in a bar fight, like it is absolutely them. Not only were they training at altitude, but they're like throwing themselves on their back and like running up mountains, doing all this crazy shit. And on top of that, like you have the athletics and on top of that, they're like not eating for like two days to make weight. So like I grew up wrestling, like my dad was a wrestler and like, I love the sport. You couldn't fucking pay me. There's not enough money in the world to forfeit your entire college experience, even at, you know, a military academy, which takes away from, you know, what everybody else is doing to do to join the division one or whatever wrestling team. That's fucking bananas. That's a different breed of people. Um, so, you know, not to, you know, just piggyback off of what you were saying, but watching the wrestling team work out scared the shit out of me. And I could never I couldn't do it in a million years. Dude, crazy town. My roommate used to eat dip to make himself barf. He'd dip and then he'd eat it. Oh, Jesus Because he oh was like, I got to throw up, man. I got to lose more weight. Yeah, that's the and thing I for me, I dieting. Yeah. I could never do the dieting and, and weight cutting. Like, it's absurd. Um, but uh, go, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, so... We'll, we'll table the wrestling talk. I know Max, uh, who's listening in, probably has a half chub right now. But um, let's stick to a little bit about your high school lacrosse career. This is, you know, pretty pretty far back in the day, like, you know, 2002. And you were a pretty uh, – an OG two-way midi, um, according to your stat sheet. How would you get into face-offs and, like, who tricked you into doing that? And, like, was your team good? I know you said that your older brother had, uh, you know, had a bit of an influence there. Yeah, so they were uh, – eighth grade, I was the ball boy for the Annadale High School lacrosse team, and they went 14-0 and and won the state championship. And they were like fucking gods, dude. Like I yeah. was like, oh, my God, like these guys are amazing. And, um, and you know, it was um, some of these guys, including my brother. So my brother was on that team too. I guess seventh and eighth grade, I was their ball boy. Um, and, and that just, you know, my brother was a face-off guy. He fell on into it, I think, because he was a, a football player. And so they put him in there. And so, like, I was the test dummy, man. We would just go out in the front yard and my dad would have a whistle and we would just beat the shit out of each other. I mean, we would just beat the crap out of each other. And at that point, it's still, like, there wasn't a ton of technique, you know? I mean, literally, it was like, Oh, that guy wrestles, put him at the X, you know what yeah. I mean? Like scrappy. Um, yeah, scrappy, you know? And so I think I just fell into it and like, um, it was always kind of nice to have a couple face-off guys back in the day, because like, if one guy had a number, had your number for like your top face-off guy, you could be like, throw in the chubby freshman, see if he can mix it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's, that's what Nick is on the pro teams is the chubby freshman. <laughs> Just go in and wrap it up. Try to try to they get throw them in there. Work. Yeah, if their guys getting their ass kicked on, on the woods right now, they just throw Nick in there and they say, "All right, you you go lose." I, I love, love it. Like, like that. the expectations are so low. Like we're already getting our ass kicked. Go and mix it up, and if you lose, well, then, you know we're just fucked. And 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 I think it was just you know, like my brother and I would just beat the crap out of each other, and then you know he ended up going to play in, in college. And so I kind of took the, the duties over when, when he left. So I was a freshman and he was a senior. So then I ended up sophomore year taking all the face-offs and um, 
we were, you know, we were good. Um, you know, we always had, you know, a, a winning schedule, but, you know, I'll never forget it. We had won the state championship in 97, lost in the regional finals in 98. And everybody, we lost everyone after that year. So we had a guy go to Delaware full ride. We had a guy go to UVA full ride. And we had a guy go to Georgetown full ride off of that team. Jeez. So it was like left my brother and all these. Right. Yeah, dude, they were stacked. And they had been playing since like sixth grade. Of course. And, um, yeah. And and um, so that next year we opened with Georgetown prep. So we were this little public school in Northern Virginia and, and who had won the state championship. And um, I think they had played Landon to a three-point game the year before. So we opened with prep. So everybody was excited to see this public school versus this private school powerhouse. And dude, prep beat us like 18 to two oh. opening game. So good. And, um, and, we, and, and we ended up doing very well that season. We ended up... Um, winning the district championship, but like that whole Northern Virginia area was really coming up, man. They, they were bringing some, some really good teams. There was like Woodson up there. We were playing Landon and Bullis and prep. Um, one year we lost to prep, I think 10 to six, my sophomore year, we played them up there. And I was like, dude, it was always so crazy playing at Landon. Because like you like coming from our public school, which was the most multicultural high school in the country to then Landon, where like literally it's like Ace Ventura when nature calls, when you drive onto their campus. <laughs> um, you guys know what I'm talking about now, of right? Okay, great. And it's like Rolls Royces yeah. and there's no stadium and the grass is just like strings around the grass, you know, just yep. strings yeah. with little things in the grass. Um, <laughs> but those are always such fun games because there was like no stakes. And it was like, man, if we can score a couple goals against these guys, that'd be cool, yeah. you know, but I really enjoyed my high school lacrosse experience, man. It was super fun. And I was always like really passionate and, they had kind of a, a pretty cool legacy. Thank you so much, man. My brisket just got here, guys. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, don't put any teriyaki sauce on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Lesson learned, bro. <laughs> did you, uh, when you were playing Landon, did you ever get scrappy? You know, like, fuck these private school kids. Like, let's slide high and late. Let's get chippy. Or was it like, they're going to kick the shit out of us. Let's just try to put up a couple G's or what was like. No, you know, they were, uh, they were always nice. We did have like big crosstown rivalries. Like, I mean, Annadale and Robinson, it was like death matches. Yeah. Those two. And it was like, for a while there, it was like, Annadale, Annadale Robinson state, like regional final state finals. You know, I don't think it's that way anymore, but I, at least I know when I was there and it was the same with football. Like my freshman year, they beat Robinson in football who had been the state champion the year before in yep. double overtime with like a trick play. And then we had lost to Robinson in lacrosse in the regular season, I think 11 to two. And then we beat them in the district finals, six mm. to five. It was like, oh, never forget it. I'm such a douche. I'm just getting <laughs> goosebumps thinking about 
playing on their field and seeing <laughs> Mike Chu <laughs> chuck the ball in the air with like five seconds left and us beating them six to five, just being like, every the world makes sense, you know? Like, <laughs> it was so great. So fun, Is that your, I was going to ask you what your favorite memory was from high school across, but it sounds like it was that one. hundred percent because my brother and I were on the same team. Like he was a senior, I was a freshman and Robinson made all their players stay and watch it. It was their, it was their, uh, it was like their prom or, or some kind of dance and every, all their players had to stay and watch us get our district championship patches and get oh, awarded the trophy. Jesus. What a yeah. hard coach move. I'd <laughs> yeah. be like, coach, I'm leaving. I'm going to drink on the bus before yeah, homecoming. I go to prom. <laughs> yeah. And it was at Robinson too. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> everybody everybody listening to this podcast is gonna be like oh this guy is fucking living in the past man. Jesus. Nah, dude, this is all we do with yeah, anybody it's just, yeah at least you're <laughs> interesting it's all just fucking guys who still play lacrosse and all they talk about is lacrosse well and this is this is nice and refreshing for for the listeners that are consistent they just hear me talk about colorado lacrosse and then evan talk about long island lacrosse so it's nice oh, to yeah. a little circle jerk and get out to a different geographic region yeah well yeah it was, i mean it was really cool dc was a little hotbed you know um and it still is you know still that northern virginia sure. dc area was um was really coming up it was so cool um i mean we were playing at such a high caliber i mean i remember you know a couple of my buddies um uh uh uh, nate why am i blanking he was a captain at penn state with greg um nate i'm gonna fucking forget it and then uh my other buddy patrick buchanan ended up playing defense at uva and when we played them i remember being like pat what's up man and he was like fuck you dude (laughs) (laughs) Still had the hate. He was, like, part. he was like total game mode. I was like, bro, we used to make little angels out of toothpicks together in elementary school. Um, <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. Did, uh, did you ever not play have, Wheat Ridge? Wheat Ridge, no. Mm-mm. No, that's the public high school that I went to in Denver. So I, you know, shot in the dark there. <laughs> you don't, you don't become, you know, the national powerhouse unless you run through Wheat Ridge. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll table the high school lacrosse for now. But um, I'm actually pretty interested to hear about your recruiting story um, and A, how you wound up at VMI. But before we get into that, were you looking at any other schools or were you getting looks? Um, you know, just kind of talk us, you know, walk us through that that process. Yeah, I I mean, it was my dream to play D1, you know. But I, again, I'm like 5'8", 180, mm-hmm. you know. So it wasn't like I was just, you know. But, you know, I, I got all met and, you know, I could – at that point I could face off and play both ways at that time. And, and so, you know, I had, I had been looking and I think I had talked a little bit to UMBC. I think I had talked maybe a little bit to Towson or at least looking there because I knew my, we were totally broke. So anything I was going to do, I was looking at schools where I could maybe get an ROTC scholarship. Right. So I applied to West Point. I got into their prep school um, and I was kind of still deep in the process. Like I had, I had gotten interest from Wingate and I think um, Pfeiffer um, for D2, but I really wanted to go D1. And so I was kind of looking at those schools and uh, 
uh, Coach Mick Grant had come and seen me play in a fall ball thing my senior year. And then I did a visit there at VMI. And Coach Bartlett, um, who's a legend, dude, Coach Doug Bartlett, he coached there for like 25 years. He kind of told me straight up, he was like, dude, we love, you know, hard-nosed guys like you and you, you will play right away. You're going to play right away. Come to a visit, come, Classic. you know, stay with a rat. And, um, and another thing that was kind of cool is they had um, the guy that I would be facing off under was going to be a senior who had led the nation in ground balls the year before. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like I get to kind of learn from this guy, you know? And um, I went there and I visited. And again, I think it was that whole thing with like, I don't know, that like fat kid mentality of like road less traveled. Like, I don't know, like I want to give this crazy military school like a, a shot. And I, I don't know, like 9-11 had happened. And I was like, I didn't know what I want to do for a career because I didn't really know like acting could be like a career. And it just, that seemed like a joke or like a, a pipe dream. So I was like, well, at least I could go into the military and you get good benefits and you have health insurance and all of that stuff. And I could go right in out of VMI and figure out what I wanted to do from there, you know? And so I think I was early decision, like pretty early on fall of my senior year that I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to VMI. I got to say, that's a pretty uh, mature thought process, to be honest. Uh, I feel like most guys are like, what team has the coolest jerseys right now? But uh, yeah, I mean, credit to you Th thinking about benefits and shit. I would never do that. I mean, I think also I was like, you know, I just didn't, I think I had a propensity to not get in trouble, but I know that I could like skate that line of like, you know, I could still get good, I could still get fucked up and get good grades and be functional and still do good in athletics. But I was like, well, at VMI, I know I won't like party too hard or right screw it up in that fashion i think there was something about that too you know definitely like the um, structure yeah the structure yeah i always craved that structure like even when i was like a little kid it was like boy scouts and martial arts and i think <laughs> vmi kind of leaned into that too you know yeah for sure so let's get into your seasons a little bit um i don't want to bring up any bad times but <laughs> i think your sophomore year you guys didn't win a game so i just kind of want to go like Dude. we haven't had a guest on who had that shitty of a season i think we had uh, someone on who went like two and 13, but oh, and 12 is pretty. Oh, tough. What, what oh was that and 12, like? bro. Oh, and 12. I'll <laughs> never imagine. So, so, like, it was just a shame. Our, our best attackman, who was a really good friend and a mentor of mine, like, I remember texting me the summer before we went back that year and was like, hey, man, just to let you know, I'm not going to be back. And it was like, what? And I can't remember what we went. I don't know if you have it there, what we went my freshman year. I think we went like five and something. Yeah. Unfortunately, we only pulled up the 0 and 12 year. So yeah, we're, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, ass, we're assholes. The worst, but. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I got I'll to try play. to take a look now. The great thing is I did get to play a butt ton my freshman year, which was really cool. Um, and um, dude, I'll never forget it. We lost to... We lost to Wagner at home by one goal. And it was during our spring break. And so 
we can't stay at barracks during a spring break. And that was that season. And at that point, I think we were like, Oh, and eight or something like that. And I was so upset. And again, this wasn't at the point in time where I was like, let's just find joy. I was trying to be a leader, you know, and I remember I was so upset. I ran the seven miles from the field to the hotel we were staying at down the road. I refused to like ride the bus. I was so bummed out. Yeah. Dude, I mean, it was such a, oh my God, we can't, I mean, and then we lost to Siena in double overtime, our last game of the season. Oh shit, an 0-12 double OT loss. <laughs> such oh, a kick in the dick. God. Oh, and they, all their fans were going, fake-ass West Point. <laughs> fake-ass West Point. And it was just like. move. <laughs> That's kind oh. of fucked up, really. And the thing is, like, when you go, I know lacrosse is life in college regardless, but, like, when you go to VMI and it's your only escape, like, to go 0-12 was, like, soul-crushing, man. Um, But the great news is that very next year, we got this really kick-ass face-off freshman. That all-star attackman came back and played, and we got an amazing freshman class. And I think we went... 50%. 50%. I think we went seven and seven and ended up beating Marist our last game of the season and triple overtime. And that was like the best. And we slaughtered Washington and Lee, who was like our crosstown rivals. Yeah. And um, that was like, that, that was for sure. Like the highlight season. That was so fun. And we should have, we should have been the team that made the, the, the playoffs that year, the Mac playoffs Marist actually ended up doing the tournament but we beat them regular season but they ended yeah. up going to the dance if they had to turn it the conference tournaments back then you would have made it i'm looking yeah. at the, i'm looking at the seasons right now so your freshman year was four and eight actually um okay That's but i'm I looking thought. at your schedule and i wanted to ask you because i see that you guys played duke so i'm curious like what that was like i think that that's probably like the best team you played in your four years there so i'm just like that was like Denowski. we played the, was that Denowski? dude we played oh six uva Oh really? Holy shit! <laughs> so like, yeah, give us the give us like the mindset yeah, going the into that. Like, were you guys were you kind of like, holy shit? Like Matt Ward's on the field. Like this is kind of stick, or were you just like, let's try to beat these guys? What was the thought process? So Duke was always on the schedule because their head coach at that time, who I think does he still coach at Bryant? I can't remember. Yeah, he does. Pressler. Yeah. Yeah. So he coached at VMI for a year, ages oh. ago. So as like a really cool favor, he'd always put us on the schedule. So my freshman year, we played Duke and Kevin, I was facing off against Kevin Cassis, dude. (laughs) Yeah, man, he was a senior and I was a freshman and uh, I had a fucking assist in that game. It was awesome. That was a a really fun game. We played it at night uh, at their stadium. But that year that we went seven and seven, dude, I'll never forget it. We played Duke and I actually ended up becoming buds with the faceoff guy, Dan Opadisano or something like that. We played some club together in, in, in California and um, we played that Duke team and we were tied six to six at halftime and it was pouring. It was shitting snow at halftime. And I can't remember what the final score was, but I remember all of us going at halftime and being like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, and this was, this was 05 Duke, you know? Yeah, um, they were loaded. And 
They were loaded, dude, loaded. Um, and uh, they ended up beating us really bad. But the Duke guys, <laughs> I like yeah, literally- I'm, like, I'm looking at it, it was 6-5 at halftime. And then- 6-5. <laughs> You guys lost 15-5. <laughs> so you could have just stayed in the locker room. It would have been fine. It would have been Same great, result. dude. And we all, we all would have been so happy. It would have been fine, dude. But I um, – and I had two goals in that game, dude. Two goals no against shit. in that game. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I had two goals in that game. Um, I know I at least had one because I was going down the alley and I was just like, I think I've got a lane on the fucking side and just – Went in and who the fuck was their goalie at that time? He was someone being off this. Yeah. Off this. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he I remember nasty. that team so clearly. Like I was in middle school, like these guys are the best players ever. Like I was obsessed with them. Yeah. That team <laughs> so, was yeah. nasty. Yeah. Um and um uh where was I going with this? Oh, but I feel like Pressler always had a conversation with his guys. Like, this is a respectable school. These guys work really hard. It's really hard to recruit there. So let's be really nice. Like, and that was always a thing. Like the Duke guys were always like super polite, really friendly. <laughs> Those fuckers. And then like, yeah. <laughs> I know dude. To you guys. And then, we would go, <laughs> and then we would go play UVA and they were like, oh my God, just could not be meaner. Like. <laughs> I mean, fuck you. Like, I just, I was always like, would leave UVA with like the worst taste in my mouth. <laughs> and they would just route us, up, you know, un, undeniably. And I think it was the last two years we played, they put UVA on our schedule. And, um, oh God, they, that I hated those games. Cause I was just like, man, they're going to be mean. And we're going to lose by a lot. <laughs> it's oh, yes. Was Pressler's, gonna bully us. Yeah. Pressler's like, let's respect the military. And Stars is like, let's beat the fuck out of these cocks. Yeah. <laughs> and like our coach Bartlett was like good friends with Stars. And I was like, Stars, can you just tell like your defenders not to like obliterate me on the face-off X? Um, I did have a really, I can never find it. But at some point, there's a really cool photo that was at in the spread of inside lacrosse of um, me hitting a UVA guy and his helmet flying off. Oh, shit. Well, we're going to have to find that. We're going to have to find that. Everyone at inside lacrosse was... listens to the podcast, so they'll find it for you. Don't worry. I don't, I don't know. It was never credited. There was never like... Tony, it was probably like VMI gets routed by UVA. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man. I mean, regardless, it was always so cool to get to play on those kind of those kind of stages. It was always so awesome to to get to do that. And uh, I think we got to play Lehigh my sophomore year or junior year. We played Lehigh, um, and that was a fun game. Um, but yeah, UVA and Duke were always the, the big dogs, um, that we got to, uh, mess around with. Oh, and then we scrimmaged, uh, Penn state my senior year and I faced off against Greg. Did you really, how'd um, you do? I think he tore me a new asshole, man. I think he, <laughs> I think he shredded me apart. Uh, I can't really, he wasn't like, it was always, what's his name from fucking Delaware. Alex Smith. Oh my God, dude. I mean, and I never <laughs> faced off against him, but like 
Greg wasn't the guy at the, Greg, I feel like didn't become the guy until um, PL or MLL, you know what I yeah. mean? I, I really didn't know him. I didn't like know I was facing off against somebody of that caliber, caliber I think at Penn State. Yeah, you know. he kind of sneaky had like, you know, the the good college career, but was like the most dominant professional of all time. You know. Oh my god. Yeah. I think he holds yeah. a record for most retirements too. He's retired like three times at this point. We're <laughs> well, he's in the group chat uh for the Redwoods. Uh, you know, my the first year of the PLL I was with him. Like you're just standing next to him in the locker room and I'm like, dude, like you look like a fucking gorilla. Like why would you retire? You're the biggest freak I've ever seen in my life. But you look back to his Penn State days and it's like, it's not the same guy. So I don't know what he did, you know, in the interim, but, you know, hey, at least you got to say you, uh, you probably won at least one against Greg in college and you can take that to the bank and, you know, rub his face in it next time you, you know, if you see him again. I'll make sure and like, yeah, I'm going to make a little plaque, dude. Beat Greg once. Well, he's got, <laughs> he's got all his wins tattooed on his arm. So it's one number less because of you. So. <laughs> You can go to yeah, dude, I've got that. all my wins tattooed on my taint. <laughs> four from my college career. Yeah, it's just a four, right? Yeah. On the beach. <laughs> oh, well, I actually this is this is a decent. Um, I'm curious about this. So UVA sounded like they were a bunch of assholes who would just kick the shit out of you. Was that your least favorite team that you played against, or was there like another rival that you would say you hated more? Well. I didn't hate them. I loved them because for whatever reason, I would come out and play my best games of the season. I mean, Washington and Lee, you know, they are a D3 powerhouse and they're five minutes, a five minute walk from us. No and shit. And it was like I didn't military know it was that close. school. Oh, dude, their, their campus is literally, is our campus. Like our buildings butt up to their buildings in Lexington. Real, I had no idea. I thought, I thought yeah. BMI would have like, you know, um, you know, some sort of like security clearance or like something gate related. Um, I don't they know do, why I they do, that, but I think the buildings are so old. So like you walk out of the gates of VMI and you're immediately on the WNL campus. Huh? Never knew that. And, and so like those games were such a blast, dude. I mean, they would bring out the whole core of cadets to come watch and we would march over and we hadn't beat them in 17 years. And, you know, um, they had all these all Americans. I'll never forget it. My freshman year, we played them at their house and they had an all American face-off guy. I'm not going to be able to remember Tommy, Tommy Mellinson. Oh my God. I'm remembering this. <laughs> and, and our all American face-off guy was getting toasted by Tommy. And so coach was like, all right, let's put Tony in. And I go in, dude. And I think I went 50%. No shit. I hit him. I hit him and took him out of the game. <laughs> oh, shit. What, was the injury? what did you do? Just like, you know, ring his bell? I think I just rang his bell. But I think I don't think he came back into the game. And I'm sorry if I'm exaggerating on any of these stories it was so very long ago i mean we're talking 16 years no ago, you're so good embellish this is the money this is the money maker yeah we're not checking your stats or any hits <laughs> and i remember I, I had won a face off and i was running down the sidelines and coach bartlett's like pass it pass it pass it and i was like i think i have a shot <laughs> and i shot it <laughs> i shot it 
and it bounced off the goalie's helmet and pinged the top corner, dude. <laughs> and so I had a fucking goal against WNL, and I think we lost nine to eight my freshman year. And then I think they rung our bells my sophomore year. I can't remember. Obviously, we lost. But then my junior year, we, we slaughtered them 12 to four. And I scored three goals. And I think I went 75% in faceoffs or something. And they gave like an award or something for the crosstown rivalry. And then senior year, uh, we lost, I think, again, like 10 to nine or something like that. But those games, the intensity was just awesome. And of course, they never mattered. But that junior year was so cool. I mean, I think it was a 17-year losing streak at that point. And uh, it wasn't even a close game, which was so fun. And, like, uh, <laughs> that was just a blast, man. So fun. Get those crosstown rivalries. And, uh, yeah, man. You touched on the, the award, so we're going to clout you up for free on the podcast. You won the Fred Hope Award, which is given to the VMI lacrosse player who displays a love for lacrosse in life. So just want to like get into that award a little bit. And then I'm assuming that was your, your senior year, but just like what that season was like for you. Yeah, man, I just think, you know, I, I, I do and I always have like just totally loved the sport, man. I mean, you know even being like a little fat kid in eighth grade and being like, what does Bogataway mean? Like, <laughs> oh my God, thousands of them would fight on the battlefield to become men. Like, you know, like I was just obsessed with the culture behind it and like um, the history and just, I was just like a five, eight kid, you know, with no real, you know, reason whatsoever to be on a field like this would get a chance to you know to go and and play at that level it was something that was super cool for me and then obviously the love for life part was you know I like to make people laugh and and I love life and so as soon as I would hit that lacrosse locker room man that was like the that was the free zone you know that yeah. was we don't have to pretend to be soldiers anymore we get to be <laughs> teammates and goof around and and uh you know and, and, and get to, to mess around. So, yeah. So, you, so you touched on that. You're obviously a funny guy, uh, proven by your resume. So I'm curious, like, were you the go-to like clown in the locker room or was there anyone else that stuck out in the locker room is like, I would say hundred percent. Yeah. My, my <laughs> college roommates, the Trimbles that. who were twin, twin twins. The first time they like ever met me at VMI, like, so if you were in the lac lacrosse locker room, you couldn't be touched. So like, even if you wanted to shower, you would leave barracks and sneak down to the lacrosse locker room. And there was like a sound system and all kinds of stuff. And I think I had snuck down there and I was like maybe playing some Wham or Phil Collins. And I was taking a shower down in the locker room. And I think there were some cartwheels involved and maybe some <laughs> dancing. And I didn't know anybody else was there. Maybe I did. I don't remember. But that's like their favorite story. They're like, Tony was fucking totally naked dancing in the showers the first time we met him. Uh, and then I, you know, I didn't do it a lot, but there'd also be some, you know, the douchebags would get shampoo in their gloves or in their cleats. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were a Yeah, I never did it, but I heard people <laughs> did that. Yeah, yeah I, I really wasn't. I really wasn't. It was literally like if somebody pissed me off. Um, but I, I, you already got hazed enough at VMI, so I, I wasn't big into pranks. Um, mm. But definitely trying to, 
lighten the mood and have fun and tell jokes and, you know, you know, play characters, that kind of stuff. I'd, I'd always, uh, you know, be happy to uh, put that on my back and, uh, and, oh, and, yeah. and carry that along. Well, in, in the same vein, I guess I'm curious um, with VMI, obviously being a military Academy. Um, so say you, you have a big victory. Um, were you able to go out afterwards? Um, what was kind of like you win? What was the, I mean, I'm assuming you would party in the locker room party being, you know, just be excited with the boys, but was there any chance to go out and celebrate a win or did that have to wait or, you know, kind of what was that like? Not really. I mean, every once in a while we would try and sneak something onto the bus, but then like, we didn't really want to disrespect our coaches, you know, with the bus stuff. So like, right. Not, you know, there just wasn't, you know, and, and I guess, I mean, I guess there was sometimes, so like if we went on a weekend and we were at barracks, then we were able to, you know, go have some fun. But like, if we went on the road, it was usually like on a Saturday and then we'd have to like get on the bus and drive back home. You know what I mean? But like, um, you were always trying to, you know, for me, it was like, I went to VMI for the structure, but it was like, how can I get around the structure? You know, and (laughs) cat and mouse game. (laughs) Exactly. And booze was so obvious, like booze, you know, if you got busted drunk, um, you know, you got what's called an A1, man, and you were screwed. Six months of confinement to barracks, a hundred oh. penalty tours of marching Jeez. and like 60 demerits. I mean, you were toast. So like, you know, I'd rather, you know, I think rather dabble in some powder products and, uh, <laughs> and some, some, you know, pharmaceuticals, um, you know, especially at VMI, cause it was harder to track, you know, it was harder to, no, it's hard to get popped for. What, that was just a, like, that was just a slap on the wrist. But if you boozed, you you were in confinement for six months. Well, you just wouldn't get caught. Is yeah. easy. You know, that's funny. Yeah, they they implement the hard rules, and then that actually has the most negative yeah. repercussions of all. As you start, yeah, yeah. because I mean, if you get shit. caught with a, you know, if you get caught with a prescription, you know, for one, it's like a little pill. But you could have twenty beer cans under your desk and your toast if they oh, come man. in, you know, or a bottle of scotch or whatever. But it's like if you had, you know, you know, you you pop a, a Zanny bar or something or, you know, a perk or a bike or whatever, you know. No shit. No one knows. Yeah. Well, I was going to. Yeah. They're like, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Okay. I'm tired from the game, coach. <laughs> did you see that hit? <laughs> Well, that's you see what I did in the fucking all American because I'm uh, I'm going to a wedding in Lexington this summer. Uh, one of my old college teammates, uh, Will Corrigan, uh, coached at Washington and Lee. I was gonna omit that so that you know we have the potential to be friends. I'm not associating myself with any WNL scumbags. Um, but I was gonna ask for uh, for like recommendations on going out, but it sounds like you were on lockdown for pretty much all four years. Well, dude, there's like two places to go out. So there's really no recommendation. <laughs> Makes it pretty simple. You got to get the fry. Okay. Well, I will give you it. Let's say this. I'll give it to you after the podcast. There's a great Virginia ham place on the side of the road. You okay. got to drive out and just get a ham sandwich. And it looks like you're in the movie Deliverance. Mm. I'm all but about the, that. The ham is amazing. And then you want to do fried chicken at the Southern Inn. And you'll want to get on right now and book a room at the George's Inn, which is like a super cool, your girl will love it. It's really cool. It's, it's on 
the one strip that Lexington has. You'll love it. It's a beautiful town. No you know, shit. So you of, got to know, like you you were you able to like go out and like when I say go out like it sounds like you were able to like at least go off campus and like you know get a ham sandwich every now and again. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the weekends you could usually as long as you weren't on confinement or something you could go downtown or whatever. Uh, but really it was kind of like my like my wife and I have gone up there a couple times um, in years prior to go see games and we'd stay. And Lexington's just like a really cute town. I just. I can't imagine what a different experience it must be going to Washington and Lee yeah. and going to VMI. I <laughs> mean, like they a country club not, versus military academy. <laughs> I mean, just could not be more different uh, entirely. And I get it. Like those WNL kids wouldn't give us the time of day because it's like, those are scary guys. I just wish maybe they would given me a chance. Cause I'm a nice, funny <laughs> guy, man. Those fuckers. Here's your chance. Now you can make your amends on the podcast. Hey, WNL, I forgive you guys for not opening your doors and letting me come be a funny guy at your parties, even though I had like a shaved head and I didn't look anything like this. What's wrong with the shaved head? I mean, dude, you look like Chickless. Chickless season two, The Shield. Oh, fuck. Yeah, genetics really caught up to me and kind of screwed me over as far as the hair department. And here I am looking at you, just like son of a bitch. But <laughs> sorry, bro. We'll uh, we'll put that aside. But either way, that sounds like a, uh, a a pretty damn interesting college experience. You know, I I know next to nothing about VMI coming in, and now I know that you guys party with ham sandwiches and dance in the locker room naked. So you know, that's like any other college town. I'll say. There you go, bro. Beauty. Well, let's uh, let's move on a little bit to post college. Um, there's rumors that we still uh, we hear that you're playing for you know kind of the Southern California, LA, Venice men's league. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. Is that something that you started right when you moved out there, or, or uh, how'd you? Yeah, get dude. So way? I played. It's so funny. So um, this is a deep cut, but so one of those players on the high school team that was like my heroes coming up, along with my brother, of course. There were these two brothers that played at Annandale High School, the Canucks, Dan Canuck and Mike Canuck. And I think they even had an older brother, too. And Mike was a two-time All-American at Annandale. And I think he might still hold, like, a Virginia State record for something. But they both played at Georgetown under Coach Urich. And I'll never forget it because he was a freshman and Dan was a junior. And Dan had this, guys, Google it they were in the final four against Syracuse and Dan had like a coma slide. I feel like I'm one of the pals on a sideline on a restart. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the greatest hits ever. Dude. I'm all and in on that. I love just, a good hit highlight any day of the week. Dude, I feel like it was like 98 or 99 Georgetown Syracuse. And Dan came out of like nowhere and just slaughtered this Q's player. And we would always get to go to those games when I was in high school. It was so fucking fun. And, um, but Mike lived in LA and played on the Hollywood lacrosse club. And so Mike hooked me up and we actually got to play together for like three years for the Hollywood lacrosse nice. club. Yeah. And um, that lasted, I think the Hollywood lacrosse club lasted for like, maybe five years. And then I don't think I played a season. And then I, I remember though, I remember 
I went back for my 10 year college reunion and they had like an alumni game and it was the alumni playing against the current team and coach Bartlett was no longer head coach there anymore, but he coached the alumni and I had like three goals and now I'm like sober. Right. So yeah. <laughs> now you're not I had like three goals and all, no, and all these, all these face-off wins and coach was like, Tony, I think you're probably 50% better than you were in college. <laughs> what happened? And I'm like, I'm sober five years or whatever. And it was like, um, but yeah, man, I played for the Hollywood lacrosse club for a little while and, and still, you know, there's pickup games and I actually play, there's a pickup league here, the Charleston men's lacrosse league. And, uh, I go out and, and screw around. I've got my bag full of goodies. I still use my OG blade to take all my faces. <laughs> you got the OG. Dude, that's, that should be in a museum. Not, not, not playing with it. Dude. Everybody that's listening right now, eBay, you can get an OG blade for 25 bucks. No way. How is the God, resale dude. market not like 150 at least? What a disservice. I to don't know. Blade. And I just also don't... go to sideline swap, not eBay. You're yeah. Crossing over our, our sponsors, Tony. Oh, I'm going to go to sideline swap, not eBay. Sideline swap. <laughs> go to sideline swap, man. Sideline swap. <laughs> Uh, I just bought one though. I just got another one. So now I've got three. I got three in the hopper. No shit. Um, Do you um, Yeah, dude. So it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you certainly are better now that you're sober, which congrats, congratulations on that. That's no small achievement. Um, you still getting out there and like, you know, do you, with you being a big fitness guy, are you out there kind of trying and being a hardo and, you know, dicing people up or is it more just going out to enjoy the sport of lacrosse? I just go to enjoy, man. Okay, I, want to score a I just wanted goals. to make sure that was, that was a test and you <laughs> definitely passed the test. Holy shit. Yeah. So I want to score a couple goals and get me out of there, man. God, I, me too. I've, I've been trying to score a goal for three fucking years now and I'm on a drought. So <laughs> this year, this year, watch Nick, out. just go, just go sober and you'll score. It's, it's as simple no. as that. We got <laughs> no. it online. You can right call here. me, bro. You can call <laughs> yeah. me, bro. We'll take this <laughs> offline. Um, wait so evan what's can i what's up with your your brother's dylan right no but i do tell people that but he's not my brother we're, oh. we're just from the same area um, weird coincidence i know i want to know why the fuck he didn't get picked up man so do we mm. it's a conspiracy we have a mm. conspiracy that players are getting blackballed for whatever reason but Dude, yeah who knows that season of Brown taking oh, that run. Amazing. He was oh amazing. Oh my God. He played the final four on a broken foot. His points and the yeah. pros. Are, yeah. I mean, it. He has almost a hundred goals uh, as a professional and he, yeah. and he didn't get picked up over some other guys. It, it's a true head scratcher. So I don't know what it is about the last name Malloy, but you're certainly qualified. And for whatever yeah. reason, you can't find your way to a roster. It's. So, yeah, what about you, Ed? I'm blackballed from the from the player pool. They won't even let me in the player pool to get picked up. They said and I didn't meet the criteria. Did I was a goalie. I was a goalie. Oh, yeah. At Q's? Yeah. Dang, dude. Well, Damn, let's uh, let's let's make a <laughs> distinction that Dylan and Evan are not necessarily in the same bucket. Dylan is very <laughs> unjustly blackballed. 
Uh, and you know, a black ball is the, an air quote. The player there. pool black ball is just as unjust. Uh, you have know, you that's, seen some that's of, up for have debate. you seen some of the names in there? No, no name sense. one. I don't, I don't, Ryan, <laughs> I don't, I don't meet the criteria. Like, I mean, with all due respect, my backup in college is in the player pool and I'm not in the player pool. So there you go right there. Yeah. But, dude, Chris Hogan is in the player pool, dude. Chris Hogan's on a team and Dylan Malloy is not. What do you think about that? Doesn't make sense. I, I think it's really cool what he like what he brings to the sport though. Of That's, course, that yeah, gets the me exposure. Excited, man. The exposure makes sense, but if I mean personally, if I'm if I'm not on a roster and he doesn't play at all and he's just like on the bench doing all this like promotional stuff and trying to like you know it's all like a marketing play, I'd be pretty pissed. And then I never get on a team. That sucks. If, Dude, if I got a shot so good. to try yeah. out, I'd do it, man. Dude, you're totally getting, after this, you might get a call. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. Yeah. I would, I would, I would get ripped. I'd get my speed up, and I'd give it a, I'd give it a, a hard shot, man. Yeah, of course. Short stick so demon. would I. If people think I'm, I'm fucking around, I'm not. I would give it a hard shot. <laughs> Whatever I'll, that uh, means. I'll start making some calls as the guy who's actually in the league. I'll start making some calls. Um, Chris Hogan, you know, if, if he's so good at football, why did he play at Monmouth? Why didn't he play at Notre Dame after his lacrosse career? People are asking, um, just throwing that out there, but people are asking, you know, that's just what, that's just what I'm hearing. Um, I am curious. It seems like you're pretty well-versed as far as like, you know, you know, Dylan Malloy, you're still tapped in, you're still playing. Are you a fan? And like, how much do you watch, uh, the PLL? Like, do you follow the storylines and everything or dude, it got really bad. I, the pandemic hit, man, and I'm not kidding. Like, I became a full-on laxhead all again. It breathed life into me. I watched, so my wife and I were driving across the country during the MLL season and the start of the PLL season. So, like, I was driving across the country listening to the games, dude, the entire, the entire road trip, man. And... Um, so yeah, I'm pretty locked in, man. I, I, I've been staying pretty close. And I mean, I don't, I mean, I spend my entire Saturday in front of the TV watching college across. And if there is a game on during the week, I mean, I watched the entire Duke UNC game. I've got my peacock pass. I mean, <laughs> I'm a true fan of the sport. That is more so than like ever before for whatever reason That's that awesome. is just phenomenal to hear i'm gonna throw some landmine questions your way and uh and i'll be you know kind of given the appropriate response who's your favorite pll team i mean i've got to say the woods because Ooh. coach nat coach nat coached me in college that's oh. best answer i've heard ever that's awesome. yep first land coach nat dogs. coached me at vmi he coached there my senior year and I'm pretty sure he hated my guts when I graduated, but I called and made amends, and that was really good. Oh, uh, I was—I uh, left him a voicemail today. I, uh, I, for you know, spoiler alert, I separated my shoulder mountain biking, as I think I mentioned pre-pod, um, and I gave him a voicemail. So now that's a good impetus to get him on the phone before this episode drops. But he's—he's he's always been a great coach. Um, I'm glad you made amends, and holy shit, the intensity he brings is a little bit scary sometimes. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I love that guy. And I love that guy, but I also have a little sweet spot in my heart for, uh, Chrome for whatever reason. I, t- I just, I, that's a good I like answer. to look. Those are the that's top a, two. Yeah. Those, those that's are a great the, the two acceptable answers is Redwoods and Chrome. Yeah. So that's, that's phenomenal. That's two for two right yeah. there. 
Okay. All right. Keep dropping bombs. Uh, <laughs> who is your favorite player? Oof. Shit. And you, and we can go by position. If if you're well versed enough, we can go by position where I can just say like favorite defenseman. He's better versed than us. He's he's yeah. Shit. Go <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not gonna know the guy he says. <laughs> I mean midfield midfield. I'm gonna have to say Jim Brown. I mean I've only seen oh. like those two black and white clips of him, but like that is the coolest shit for the sport. He's ever. from my he's from my hometown. Boom. Yeah. There and you go. Uh, Great I mean attackman. Oh my God, this is tough. I was going to say, what the I fuck mean, am I, I going to criticize about saying Jim Brown? So that, that gets the <laughs> yeah. automatic pass. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, uh, fuck, I, I guess I got to say the gates, dude. I just love, I mean, I don't know, dude. It's You're giving so the OG so answers. Just, I love it. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to have to say, okay. So like midfield, uh, I mean, Jim Brown, I loved watching him play. I'm just going to list a bunch. Then uh attack i mean lyle thompson's the most fun guy to watch of all time the gates were also so fun to watch i mean jesse hubbard was as clean as they come Chaz woodson was doing shit way ahead of his time johnny <laughs> christmas um defenders dude D- damian davis i got to see when he played for princeton yeah. and uh i got to see him in a final four game when he played for Princeton and was great just matchups with Powell. great oh matchups with Mikey Powell. Yeah. Dude, amazing. Yeah. I mean, Brody Merrill, I think, played uh, at Georgetown with my two buddies when they were there. <laughs> and he's still, <laughs> and still, then, still sticking around. Dude, still sticking around. I'm trying to think. Um, goalie wise, dude, Tillman Johnson. I know I've talked trash about UVA, but that run. Yeah. he had dude he was oh. like my that was like my idol growing up after that tournament run so dude yeah, after that tournament that. run yeah. where he just was like think yeah. think you were just like oh my god that's like the way to watch like now the position like everyone's like all calm and shit like he was like throwing his body around like it was it was like dude. more violent movements and it just was more exciting to watch for sure i mean amazing i'm trying to yeah. think um i mean gagliardi was so fun to yeah. watch dude Another another um, Manhasset guy. I think you're a sneaky Manhasset guy. You named Jim <laughs> Brown. You got Gagliardi. Like, who else is there? I, um, you're going through it. Uh, who was Sandra the dude? Applewood. <laughs> <laughs> who was the dude that played? Um, and I love, you know, I feel like Kyle Harrison was like the last stud that could face off and, and play. Totally. Like, yeah. I can't think of the guy, you know. I mean, that guy would face off and play an entire game. And it was just like, that's what I, I want. That's what I did. Either. He's the last, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but who was the guy that had, who had dreads, who played indoor? And I was like, that guy is so cool. Oh he played God, dreads. I know exactly who you're talking about. Tom, Tom something. I'm going to have to Tom something. And he played indoor. And we went to go see the Baltimore Thunder, dude. And Paul Gate was playing for him. Jesse Hubbard was playing for him. And then the dude with the dreads was playing for him. And we all went as like a high school team trip. It was so fun, dude. And they kept playing ACDC's Thunder. It's awesome. What, uh, so like what, what's your college team? Like, do you have a specific team that you, you watch all the time? Or you're just like, what's ever on TV? I'm watching it. Do you, I are mean, you pulling for someone to win? Like, 
I always, dude, after that run that Albany had, what was it, 2014 or 2017? 2015. 2014 20, and yeah. 2015. I know well, no, they, those runs well. I mean, they made the Final Four in 2017, 2017 or 2018, I think. 17. But the Thompsons had already departed and the clout was, uh, yeah. was not at an all-time high. That was like Fields' uh, senior year. Yeah. With TD. TD, oh. like, just probably there, yeah. They just, I mean, they revolutionized the sport and revamped it in the fucking coolest, most amazing way possible and brought it back to its roots like a dessert, like it was so awesome. I, I literally would brag to people about the Thompsons, like, you got to fucking watch these guys. They're <laughs> so incredible to watch. They're doing shit. They're like... The Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan and lacrosse, they're revolutionizing the sport. Like I hate that you you're know, saying it, this because we ended their year in 2014 and 2015, and we knew it was like, you know, the Thompsons, every, every piece of passion that you just put in versus like the most fucking traditional, boring, slow, defense wins championships, win seven to eight, Notre Dame. Uh, I'll never teams. forget that oh, game. What the fuck? I was at... <laughs> I was at Jack DeCanio's house, who we talked about. Yeah. That huge Notre Dame family. And I was the only one that wanted Albany to win. And, oh. Uh, and oh, man, they just shoved it in my face yep. when Notre Dame won. But I, I still, I've got a special little place, even though I think their style of play has kind of taken a weird kind of, not a like not their style but just a little too hard nose in my opinion there's like just a little too scrappiness yeah. uh right they're now. also not nearly as good so it's like not like it's scrappiness and then you're getting the ball to lyle it's like they're not they're yeah, not throwing up the net I mean? anymore yeah yeah I, I, but i still have a little part of my heart that loves them i mean i i always like the underdog you know for me growing up it was like the same old, same old, man. I mean, mm. it was UVA, Syracuse, Duke, Princeton. Like, that's who you saw. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless I'm forgetting. I mean, UNC, but even UNC. No, no. no. Like the, I mean, yeah, back then, like the 2000s, that's all it really was. Hopkins. Yeah. Hopkins. Yeah. Hopkins, yeah. of course. Of course. Yeah. But it was like them. You know what I mean? So yeah. for me, when you started to see the Notre Dames, the Denvers, uh, you know, start to make these like the, the Albany's start yeah. to make these little flurries, the UMass's like start to make these flurries. Like I love seeing, you know, when Navy made it, dude. Oh yeah. my God, how yep. cool was sick. that? Sick. That team was so sick. I love dude. that game. <laughs> that team was so sick. Oh my God. What was their goalie's name? He Matt was, Russell. He would, yeah, dude. He Russell separated his shoulder in the national championship and they like popped it back in. He's like on the sidelines and they had like never had hot mics back then because they had like two microphones on the entire field. But yeah. somehow they picked him up like fuck motherfucker, like them popping his shoulder back in. <laughs> he went back in and finished the game. I like my dad went to Syracuse, my grandpa went to Syracuse, so I was like always a Cuse fan, but I like caught myself in the middle of that game. Like, I love Navy. Like if, if there was a team to lose to, it'd be that Navy team. Oh my God, that Navy team. Yeah. What heart, man. The Looney Brothers. Um, like, it was awesome. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. So great. So I don't really, you know, I, I, I mean, I just love the game. For me, I always root for the underdog. Most of the time, yeah. I'm always rooting for the underdog or the guy just who I haven't really seen in the tournament. So like this yeah. year, I'm super excited about, I'm super excited about Rutgers. Like I'd <laughs> love for them, you know, yeah. to 
to come we, out. Of we call them we call them frauds on every episode because they <laughs> get their asses kicked by Maryland and everyone like has in their top. Five. We're the worst podcast for like rooting for the underdogs. All yeah. we do is circle jerk about the ACCs. We're like Notre <laughs> yeah. Dame, Duke, UNC, Syracuse. <laughs> are all sick this year. So Dude, it's kind of our bit love, to be blue blood guys. <laughs> oh, I love watching UNC play, man. They're yeah. really fun to to watch. And honestly, man, like I've really had a blast watching Notre Dame. You know, love I just to hear that. I it just think a that's a bit of a pander. That's a Dame. bit of a pander, but I like it. I'll accept it. No, I just you know, Syracuse is love... more fun to watch than Notre Dame. Well, a hundred percent. I mean, no. watching them, <laughs> watching them spackle the wall with UVA was yeah. like, oh yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good impression of me watching that game. Like. <laughs> I was on Twitter, like telling everybody to fuck off during that. <laughs> but like, all I want, all I want in the world is like, I want a big run. I want an, another run to match it. I want a little run. And then I want another big run. Like, I just enjoy the game, man. I, yeah. I don't like blowouts. I love watching, you know, close games. Like, I, I, you know, I just, I still love the sport of lacrosse. I love the new face-off rules. I just think that's going to, I think that's fantastic. I think that position was just becoming way too specialized. And, um, you love know, I'd to love to see it. I'd love to see it go back to kind of what it was back yeah. when I was playing. You know, there scrappier. there were a few. Yeah, scrappier. But, like, it wasn't just like a kicker going in to go, you know. Yes, stay um, on the field, face-off guys. Just don't just do that and then get the hell off. So I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, but I like being able to, you know, I love scoring goals. I didn't love playing defense, but I would do it. You know, I would be in there and, and scrappy. And I also like like to use my lacrosse stick to like throw and catch yeah. and not have some like weird yeah, totally. warped. It's like bent. You like, can't even throw yeah. it. Like, you just like flip it on the ground to a long pole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're playing like a different sport for like five seconds. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, you guys got any more bombs? I don't have any more bombs, but I kind of wanted to move like out of the post-college phase and like kind of just get into get into Hollywood and some like more fun questions about that. But you seem super passionate about the sport. I'm curious if like <laughs> you ever like run into people who are lacrosse fans like secretly. Like I think, um, oh God, what Peter Dante is like a huge fan too. Uh, and he's pretty like outspoken with that. But I'm curious if like, you, uh, you know, you ever like connect with people, uh, through lacrosse. So like Peter, Peter's a big fan. Um, so, uh, Edie who plays, uh, Judy Gemstone on the show, her husband is a big improv guy and he played lax. So yeah. we love to talk lax, which is great. And then, um, one of the writers on school of rock played high school lax. And that's why in two episodes, you'll see a lacrosse stick. He worked it in <laughs> to the two episodes he Love wrote. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else secretly. Uh, I mean, the one that like blows me away that I love is Method Man. I think that's so yeah. super rad yeah, that's for the awesome. sport. Um, what do you think of his? What do you think of his song? Did you get a get to hear his song? Loved it, dude. I thought it was great. <laughs> Boom! I thought it was great. 
I also love yeah. being on the outside, just I going like, was... oh yeah, like you know, you're an actor, so you you know everybody in Hollywood who are like the closet guys, uh, closet lacrosse players. I just have well, no, I, idea. no, you know, like you're just shooting the shit, and lacrosse comes up. I feel that's like what that, I always that might happen. Like, oh, yeah. you know, everybody will find the you know find their way through the lacrosse network. Yeah, well, I yeah, just wanted to see if it happens. He it's named so... a couple people that he met that he. Yeah, I'm that agreeing he with you. Yeah. I'm gonna get off my ass. Cool. We're doing good. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Um, oh, so my friend Molly, she's a writer and a director, and she actually directed a 30 for 30, and she went to Brown, and I think she played at Brown, but whenever there's a big high school ga- or a college game, both of us are texting back and nice. forth <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, I wish there was more, you know, I know a couple managers that yeah. play um, club, and um, but I don't know any, like, any other real actors that might like that go out like me and still yeah. go out and play. There was a writer um, who I became really good buds with um, from King of the Hill who played Lax at Roanoke. And I think he's oh, yeah? teaching TV and film production there. My buddy, Joe Boucher is uh, is a big producer writer. He worked on King of the Hill, won a bunch of Emmys there. And we played on the Hollywood lacrosse club together. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm thinking, that's kind of it. And I was actually, my buddy was producing a movie that Method Man uh, was attached to and that I was going to be in. And I was like really excited to get to kick it with him. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I don't think anything's solidified yet, but um, sorry, I don't have more juice on that. No, no that's, totally. that's awesome. I'm just curious. Like, I feel like Nick and I like bump into people all the time. And like, like if you're wearing like a lacrosse thing or something, it's like right away, you kind of connect through that. So I was just curious if that, happens on your side which is probably the most dis- like distant part from lacrosse like hollywood and lacrosse i wouldn't expect to be you know intertwined but it is interesting to see that you have some know. connections there yeah look at that got guys on set loving lax left and right it's true <laughs> who uh all right and and you know we, we've been going for uh for a good amount so we'll be respectful of your time and wrap it up with a you know a couple last few questions here um, what would you say, like, who's your number one choice, someone that you've acted with that you would bring to a PLL game? Um, Whether they're a fan right now or not, maybe someone that just would love the sport of lacrosse. I, okay, well, I have to say my wife, because she's never gone to a pro game before. Love that. And I think she'd love it. But if we're talking about somebody else, I mean, Adam Devine loves professional sports i mean he's a season ticket holder of the clip at the clippers i mean he's gone to t- so many super bowls and that guy just loves sports period i think he would love the experience of lacrosse anybody that i've ever taken to a lacrosse game who's never seen it is just blown away by the pace and the hitting and everything else i, I just i feel like he'd really dig it and they give him kind of an experience that he wouldn't forget you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you ever need any tickets, uh, don't hit up Evan. Hit up me. So <laughs> I'll, I'll have the plug. I'll get the player yeah. ticket. Yeah. Make sure you get him in in the next year, though, because Nick's on his way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a one year offer. There's an expiration on that coupon. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> no. Um. Listen, we uh, we really appreciate your time. Um, as kind of like to wrap it up, do you have any retro VMI swag for our locker on Sideline Swap? That's uh, that's our sponsor. 
They put up gear. Uh, when you sell it, it goes all to charity. We ask every guest if anything to throw yeah. up. Or anything you want to put on there, honestly, like any cool, any cool lag stuff. Um, I'm you sure like, if it was you yours, your I'm sure if it was, yeah, team? exactly. I'm sure if it was yours, people would be down to uh, bid on it. Yeah. Uh, I know I have two very broken VMI helmets, <laughs> but I do have. <laughs> From the hits. I do have uh, an old school turbo. And old I don't even know what that is. So that's an STX turbo. That's super old school. I have no idea what a turbo Evan! is. <laughs> Dude. Oh my God. What it's, is it? It's an, it's an old school stick, dude. So I've got oh, an nice. STX turbo on a shamrock shaft. And then I think I have an STX high wall on the original STX white shaft. Um, and if it was going to charity, man, I think I'd love to to donate yeah. both of those charity charity of your choice so it'll we'll auction the gear off on we'll, we'll hit you up after the podcast with the details but uh charity of your choice um and we'll, we'll post the gear for you and everything and then you just auction it off and then i mean all you really have to do is ship it if you don't mind but we can figure that out and for all oh, you like listeners out there you know ask your rich uncles it's for charity it's for the kids it's for a good cause Start buying up all of our shit. Um, and we've actually gotten a lot of questions, which we'll address about my sideline swap. Um, Evan, going to need you to step up there. So get yeah, ready for bad. us to ramp up all of it. <laughs> um, and then final thing here. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug? Anything upcoming? We know that uh, you have a new movie coming out soon. Um, anything? Yeah, yeah. April 23rd. All of our yeah, April 23rd, um, We Broke Up is coming out with Aya Cash from The Boys and William Jackson Harper from The Good Place. And that was a really great rom-com indie feature um, that'll be available on Video On Demand. Um, and I think it'll be on a streamer shortly there afterwards. And then obviously coming soon, I don't know when, but we'll have um, season two of Gemstones coming down. Um, the pipeline so check those two suckers out awesome i got i got one more sign off question for you what if, what has been your favorite role because i feel like you've played a lot of cool roles in like recently so just yeah mm. i'm curious that might be a loaded question but i, I, mean, I mean i feel I like you gotta ask an actor that right yeah i i mean i think they're i think keith on gemstones is just so different than anything I've ever played. I, I just, it's so fun to get to play something that's so underplayed mm -hmm. and to get to, to kind of embody some guy that's just so not me, even though <laughs> there are parts of him that are me. It's, it's really cool to, to get to do something like that. And, and people just seem to gravitate towards him and, and love that character so much. And um, obviously Ozzy was yeah, incredible and, and, uh, and getting to do Dewey Finn, uh, sorry guys, uh, getting to play Dewey Finn was amazing. And, you know, um, I wanna say it's a three-way tie, but I think Keith, I mean, it's just, it's so different for me and, and to get to play with, you know, John Goodman and Adam Devine mm. and, Danny McBride and Edie Patterson. I mean, it's yeah. just like, oh my God, what a, an amazing group of geniuses to get to play with. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 
Got it. Well, Tony, again, we really appreciate you hopping on. Um, thank you for sharing your insights. Thank you for actually crushing the uh, the rapid fire questions. I thought I was going to be able to trip you up there, but you named like every great legend. Um, but thank you for jumping on. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon. All right, guys. As always, that episode of The Post Game is brought to you by our good friends at Sideline Swap. Our locker's up. There's three Redwoods helmet and a signed Eddie Glazner shaft. All of the proceeds go to our friends over at the Owls Lacrosse. What a great opportunity to support the Redwoods. What a great opportunity to get some of my old gear. What a great opportunity to have all of the proceeds that you use on Sideline Swap to go to the Owls. Call your rich uncle. Ask your parents, steal money out of your grand, you know, out of your grandma's purse, steal your girlfriend's credit card, and go buy those helmets. It's for the kids. I don't know how many times I have to describe it to you, but quit being an asshole and get off your ass and go buy the Redwood stuff from the red uh, from the post game locker on sideline swap. Almost messed up that last part. Credit to me for getting it back together. Also brought to you by Red Truck Beef Jerky. Again, that's redtruckbeefjerky.com. Promo code postgame15. Start DMing us your orders. Start DMing us, uh, you know, the confirmation, your reviews. We would love to hear feedback. They've been good partners since day one, and we will see you next week.